Welcome to the Vine Church TC Community Podcast. This is Jamie Jones, your host, and I am so excited to share with you conversations with people right here in our very own community. I hope this brings us all closer together and reaffirms to each listener that you belong. Hey, before we get into the conversation today, I want to give you a heads up that it is adult content. My guest today is Trisha McFarlane with Mirror Ministries, and they are doing tremendous work here locally in the Tri-Cities in the fight against human trafficking. So this is your heads up, and this conversation is so valuable, so important because of what is happening all over the world, including right here. So I hope that this conversation brings more awareness and uh, support and partnership with this incredible nonprofit. Here is my conversation with Trisha McFarlane with Mirror Ministries. Trisha, thank you. Thank you for saying yes to this podcast. And Thanks for I, inviting me. Of course. I was, you were right at the top of the list of people that I wanted to talk to about what's going on in the Tri-Cities and, and the work that you're doing. So I'm really, really looking forward to asking you all these questions and learning okay. more about Mirror Ministries. So let's just start with, if you could tell me a little bit about you, about uh-huh. yourself, and what role you play in Mirror Ministries. Okay. I am Trisha McFarlane, and I'm the Executive Director at Mirror Ministries. I'm one of three co-founders that started Mirror back in December of 2014. We had been, um, two of those, all three of us had been busy with ministries within our own church, uh, doing anti-trafficking work, but we knew for quite some time that the Lord had been calling us to do that as a independent 501c3 so that it could be the entire body of Christ working together, not just one church, because Mm -hmm. it's a big issue and it, um, affects all of us and God calls all of us to do something about the injustices. And um, so we actually were a project for Hope Outfitters. Their first project was for our sold human trafficking experience. Mm-hmm. And that funding was what kicked us off as Mirror Ministries. So our church um, encouraged us out to become an independent agency and sent sold the human trafficking experience and um, suds and other things that we had developed there along with us to be part of Mirror Ministries. So since then, we've served hundreds um, of people in the Tri-Cities. We've brought hundreds of people the hope of freedom and restoration. Just this month, I just finished this month's report. We had another six uh, all girls this month, another six girls that found freedom. And that's a, a normal thing every month for us is seeing an average of at least five more people finding freedom from sex trafficking right here in our community. So wow. people always ask, is it really happening here? And yeah, it really is. And that's, yeah. that's during COVID when we don't have our normal um, types of outreach and, and intervention that we are doing. Uh, but the Lord is still bringing people forward because of the foundation he's formed over the last few years with us. So mm-hmm. So what is the mission then of Mirror Ministries? So Mirror Ministries' mission is to respond to domestic minor sex trafficking with the love of Christ through local education, 
intervention, restoration, and aftercare. And our vision in that is to see local victims of sex trafficking become survivors who have hope, healing, and restoration. We want people to be able to look into a mirror and see somebody who is made in the image of Christ and has value simply because of that, not because of how they've been used and what they've been told their value is. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So are the three of you, the three that, that began, are you all three still involved? Everybody's still involved. The other two um, were board members up until this year. And we have, um, for good reason, we have, you know, bylaws, et cetera, on the, um, for the board so that people do have to roll off after term limits. And so they are t- temporarily, at least, off the board, but they're still on as advisors for the board and still very involved. So Amber Bruce is our communications director, and Gary McFarland was um, the sole director. What sold his is being retired. It was our walkthrough audio-led experience that really kind of got us started. And um, he also has been the treasurer for um, since the beginning. He is no longer because he rolled off the board, but he also helps with um, monthly billings and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. did you say sold? Does sold that- the human, yeah. Sold the human trafficking experience was a uh, walkthrough audio led experience. It was around the Tri Cities quite a bit, and then my husband and I also brought it up and down the West Coast, mm-hmm. and uh, it it was very beneficial. It not just it didn't just tell you about trafficking, but it empowered you. Uh, to see how God was calling you to respond to it and gave you ways, equipped you with ways to respond even while you're there. So had audio sets on and you walked through 12 rooms and you heard about nine different trafficking victim stories as you're theoretically walking along in their shoes Mm -hmm. of those stories. And that was actually where the name mirror came was the first room and the last room had mirrors in them. The first room you looked in the mirror to reflect on the fact that this could be you, um, could be any one of us. And on the last room, it was a U.S. hotel room, uh, the story of a U.S. hotel room where a young girl had been um, kept captive and used, chained to a toilet, um, and how that's where our SUDS program came through, putting out hotline numbers on bars of soap. But Mm -hmm. there's a mirror in that bathroom, of course, and um, another time to reflect on the fact that this could be you, this could be someone you love. Um, it is someone you should love, mm-hmm. even if you don't know her name or her face. Mm-hmm. So, but that piece is. That has retired. retired. It okay. is. Yeah. A couple reasons. It's, it's outdated. We had made it even before we were mirror ministries. So it doesn't even mention that, but so it really needs to be updated physically as well. It's a very heavy um, plywood construction and then it takes a lot of time and labor. And now that goes into those clients that we're working with. When we have a caseload of 60 clients and um, six new people coming in every month, it's, it's busy with the people, mm-hmm. the actual people who need our attention. So sold got a lot of people active and moving and listening to where God was calling them. But now it looks like it's retiring out. Mm-hmm. until God calls everything has a season season. So, that's what, that's yeah. the word that was just coming to my mind as well. Yeah. So tell me what are the core values of mirror ministries? Some of that was kind of coming through in your description, but 
Yeah, we actually have them written down so we remember, but we, we live them, but we also have them written down. So um, dignity, empowerment, community, faith, and integrity. So dignity, because we believe, um, as I mentioned, every human being has innate value and worth, regardless of how they've been treated and regardless of their age, ethnicity, gender, nationality, religion, no matter what, they ought to be treated with dignity. And um, the other one would be empowerment, exploitation is the abuse of power and um, our, the victims that we work with see that on a regular basis. Our goal is to reverse that and justly apply the power and the resources that we have as an organization to empower others to heal and make free choices on their own. So they have that power back in their hands. Community um, exploitation, commercial sexual exploitation is a complex issue and no one organization can handle all of the needs that a victim is going to have as they work through their survivorhood and into thriving. And it's so important for, um, for ev each and every one of us to be surrounded by healthy community. But especially if we've, we're working with someone who's been plucked out of everybody that they know, all of the previous community were, were toxic to them. So to be able to get that uh, healthy community around them is really important. Faith. Uh, that's our, our cornerstone. We are compelled by the love of Christ to serve suffering people and to motivate others to do the same. Um, our faith motivates us uh, and all that we do, but we never force anybody into that same faith. So if you work with us or volunteer with us, serve with us in any way, um, you will sign a statement of faith that, you know, this is why you're doing that. This is what you believe. But we serve anyone and everyone regardless. Uh, we don't believe you can force someone into Christianity, but you can love them and reflect the grace of God to them. And then integrity. Our mission at Mirror Ministries um, requires everybody that works with us to act with integrity all the time, doing the right thing, no matter who's watching. And we work really hard to build and maintain credibility with our clients, uh, with partners we work with and with donors. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Awesome. Wow. So in what ways is Mirror Ministry serving the Tri-Cities? And yeah, what are the well, community needs that, that, that Mirror Ministries is addressing? Excellent. Good questions. Well, we run a 24-hour hotline. So it's a local sex trafficking hotline. There's a national hotline that you can call. And um, you would get directed to our local one. So we like, like to let people know the local one, and it's 509-212-9995. It is answered 24-7 by a live trained advocate who can help um, as needed. There are times when we have trained advocate volunteers that uh, give our, our paid staff a break, but they, they are also well-trained and able to, to take, um, Take those calls, and then if it's something that an advocate needs to respond to right away, there's an advocate on call to, to back that up as well. Uh, then we do education. So along with that mission, we do the education out in the community. Used to go to schools and, and meetings and things, and right now we're doing a lot like this, podcasts, uh, webinars, Zoom uh, meetings. We just did a Facebook Live for our prayer and fasting week because uh, today, as we're talking, is world day against trafficking in persons. So I so, saw that. Yeah. And then I thought, well, this isn't a coincidence. <laughs> what do you know? We didn't even realize that as I we know. set the date. 
So we do that education um, and we do all of that for free. We do intervention. So the SUDS program I talked about is Stop Underage Domestic Sex Trafficking, S-U-D-S. And that's putting our hotline number on the backs of bars of soap, on the label of the bar of soap, and offering those to local hotels. That's usually done during boat race weekend, which did not happen this year. So we will be doing a different kind of outreach to the hotels and hopefully our convenience stores and some other things um, along that way. We also do um, outreach on the street. We do outreach online through a, a partnership with Seattle Against Slavery and Microsoft built this bot system that scrapes ads in the Tri-Cities looking for people being sold for sex. Um, unfortunately, that's thousands and thousands of ads. Um, they scraped just two sites for us. And this month, that report I just filed, um, we did nine outreaches and had 200 and 217 specific um, people that we were engaging out of those ads just off two sites this month. In the last, uh, since we started in 2019, it's been way over 3,000. Um, actually, this is all of 2020. It's been well over 3,000 ads that we've had on that site so far, so those two sites. So it's a great way to be able to reach out and send messages of hope. And sometimes we get automated replies back and sometimes we get humans that um, are really happy to hear from us. So we've had five or six gals that have come the long road from coming through the that first introduction and then uh, brave enough to get together for a face-to-face -face meeting and then brave enough to keep going on through the restoration process. So we've seen a few getting to go back to the wherever they first came from if they weren't from the Tri-Cities or just getting um, healthy jobs, stable housing, and some stability where they don't feel compelled to fall back into um, to that lifestyle or to, into the hands of people abusing them in that way. Mm -hmm. I have a question about that. Uh -huh. So could you explain that a little bit more to me? Because I'm not sure I understand. So the ads are for, it's scraping it. What, can you explain what, it, what does that mean? I'll are try, because yeah. I'm not a techie person either. Okay. So. But, um, so there's, if you were to look at want ads for the Tri-Cities, there'd be thousands of want ads for all kinds of different things or mm -hmm. advertisements uh, put out on different websites or, yeah. Um, they pick two websites that, th that they have the access to to do this. This little bot, like a robot, if you want to think of that, but it's mm -hmm. a, a robot within a computer. Um, it scrapes those ads looking for specific zip codes. So it's going to pinpoint within the Tri-Cities and looking for certain keywords that indicate um, ads being sold for sex. So mm -hmm. a lot of times they're, they're not going to be um, clear, blatant words that mm -hmm. you and I might recognize, but there's keywords that are used, um, almost code-like words that are used and, and changed around mm -hmm. because they can get kicked off of legitimate sites for doing that. So, mm -hmm. And so when you, when you have those ads, uh -huh. then are you making contact? Right. So then we don't even have to look at all the ads. Um, sometimes we do some research for them, but we just get the phone numbers and we send out text messages from our computer. So it doesn't show what phone number it's from right away okay. and just start real um, gentle introductory emails saying, if you would like some assistance, if you're you know interested in getting out of the life, if you need some help, different uh, types of wording to see who it might help at different times. 
So. Okay. So you're responding to those ads. Yes. Um, as mirror ministries mm-hmm. saying, Hey, we exist. We're here for you. And, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then some, sometimes the, the pimp runs the phone lines, but most of the time they make the person that they're trafficking take care of the phone lines. It's part of the business they have to do and, and drumming up business. So we, the blind text messages like that give us a little bit of anonymous, I can't say that word, anonymous ability. We'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it's still, we need to let people know who it is we're actually we actually are because how can they trust us any more than they trust the person that's trafficking them? They don't know who we are on the other side of the line. So it takes a while to build that relationship. And with COVID, it it takes a little longer. So instead of, you know, going and sitting down for a cup of coffee in the coffee shop, we can meet in the McDonald's parking lot and talk over the the hood of the the car. So there's that six foot social distancing and still try to build uh, some trust and relationship. So after the intervention, after we're finding people and or they're calling in on the hotline, we have restoration and aftercare. So our Mary Ministries Outreach Center uh, is typically open <laughs> um, to do therapeutic services. So our advocates will walk alongside a victim or a survivor to that long road of hope and healing. It's, it's a, not an easy task to heal from the complex trauma that they've been through. And um, the the world um, warping that's happened within their minds of, of what real um, regular life looks like and, and helping them to see those things. So the advocates will help them um, discern what their goals are. First goals when it comes to us is, is just survival. They can't really think beyond that. Mm-hmm. So as they get calmed down, we meet their basic needs, clothes, food, food shelter, um, we have a shower in our outreach center, which was a blessing from the Lord. So if somebody's hot off the streets, they can get all cleaned up and we have fresh new clothes for them to put on and from head to toe. Then the advocate will walk alongside them, help discern what it is that they're wanting and needing, help work them through the finding a job, finding hope, um, someplace to live, finding if they want to get back to school, finding healthy family members to reconnect with if they have them. If they have an interest in a church, helping them find a church that fits well with them and um, that they can find access to get there. And then the therapeutic services at the Outreach Center, we have everything from pie baking to kickboxing, art therapy, music therapy. We partner with an organization to do equine therapy with the horses, which is Mm -hmm. very powerful. And um, what else? There's so much that goes on there. And sometimes it's just having a pizza and movie night, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the survivor support group time where you can sit with another survivor and say, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the other girl, hey, I've been there. I'm, I'm making it. You can too. Mm-hmm. Or you can look to the other girl and say, hey, if she's making it, maybe there's hope for me. Right. So having that support is so crucial. So what kind of a facility do you have at this point? It's an old house. And so the girls walk in and they say, wow, this feels like a home should feel like, because a lot of their homes haven't been what a home should feel like. But um, someone will describe like grandma's home or something, because it is an old house. But um, so it's an old house and we have a room. The front room when you first walk in is our music and movement room. So trauma-informed movement, self-defense classes. 
for music, we currently have voice classes, keyboard. We're actually looking for another guitar instructor. Just putting that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> voice, just music therapy in and of itself. And then a mommy and me class with the music therapy also. Uh, the next room is our living room where sometimes it's kick back and take a nap on the couch or watch movies together. That's where we do our Bible studies, where a lot of the support groups will happen, where the, the ladies will meet together. Or if they're in doing art in the art room, then the kiddos, the little kids would be in the living room and we have some toys in there. Everything looks different right now with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have had to start doing a lot of Zoom classes. So, But we're, we didn't stop, right? We had to pivot mm-hmm. and turn because this this problem hasn't stopped and the people we work with still have uh, needs. So. Yeah. We started right away with Zoom calls for their support groups and delivered art kits and baking kits to their doorstep so that and heads, headsets so they could um, connect with us. And they started doing online support group classes. Mm-hmm. We're starting to move to outdoor stuff now and got big, you know, six foot p- picnic blankets so you can sit in the middle of your picnic blanket and have your, your spacing easily mm-hmm. um, put in there outdoor activities that we're able to do through some grants. So trying to keep it going in and we can, we can. And then that last one that we didn't mention was aftercare. And ideally if we can help a survivor completely extract from the toxic environment they're in and um, go to a restoration home program that would last for a year or some of them even two years, then they can get that 24 seven healing Mm-hmm. That is so essential to really let their mind and body rest and enough to feel safe to get that healing restoration. We have two um, programs that we can send adults to in our state right now. We don't have anywhere that's specific for our minors. So God has led us from the very beginning, actually, before we became your ministries, to a vision of a restoration home for minor girls who've been victims of sex trafficking. So that is to be called Esther's home. We're currently working on a property purchase for that. And then we'll be getting the program up and going hopefully within the next year, but we'll, we'll see what God has in mind. Things have changed a bit with COVID, but God still has it. We serve a big and mighty God and he always does more than we can ask or imagine. So this is his vision and we're excited to see it happen. So with the house, is there rooms that girls can stay temporarily or not? So Mirror Ministries Outreach Center is just a day facility. Um, we have had some people spend the night on occasion because that's when we found them and we needed to, to get something done. Um, and a lot of naps have happened there <laughs> when somebody needs a, a place of safety to relax. The restoration home will be a place where girls live for a year to two years, um, mm-hmm. typically 12 to 18 months. So, mm-hmm. so right, right now, now it, how, what does that look like then? Yeah. You, it, so we partner with, with partnering with other community? agencies, that community oh, part, okay. right? So Tri-Cities Union Gospel Mission for, for um, an adult or Oxford Houses, if they've been coming off of drug addiction, which is very common when you've had a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. right? Some of it's been used to manipulate them to begin with, and then it just becomes a coping skill too to survive. As uh, one intern we had, she says, "People keep asking me, do our girls use drugs?" And she says, "Well, of course they do. If you've been serially raped, you know, and tortured day after day, wouldn't you?" 
<laughs> so yes, th there it is a coping skill. So Oxford houses, um, Tri-City Union Gospel Mission, if they're clean, if they're minors, we have my friend's place or working within the foster system or their families directly, depending mm -hmm. on their situation. Mm -hmm. um, and then if we can, we get them to a restoration home program, if mm -hmm. that's something that will work in their situation. But basically every person who comes to us has a whole different story. So it's a, it's a unique, our advocates keep busy, <laughs> mm -hmm. but tying in that community to build those resources around them and finding some place to safe to stay. We have um, had some safe homes too, where people have uh, offered to open their home to clients that needed someplace to stay. And that's really um, being willing to get into the mud and, um, and grime with people, right? Which is what mm -hmm. Christ calls us to do, but mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So, so what, I, I know there's additional challenges with this pandemic, but what are the challenges or hurdles that Mirror Ministries faces? Mm, a lot of spiritual warfare. We count that as a blessing in some ways, you know, it means we're doing something good that the enemy doesn't like, but so always looking for um, prayer coverage. And we do have a prayer team people can sign up to be on. Um, we have a great amount of volunteers, but we're always, always looking for more because we like to encourage people to do what they love, to fight what they hate. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you love teaching guitar for <laughs> just for instance, then, right. you know, you can, you can use that. Uh, it's not, not just a Sunday morning gift. It's a, it, it, you can use it for other times. Um, finances are always for every agency, always, you know, we're not in a desperate need for them, but we're in a, a constant need for them. Right. Um, as we have to keep growing because the need keeps growing, then we trust the Lord to keep bringing those finances in. Um, the, the restoration home will have a lot more staff needs because we're working with minors that live there. So the state has a lot of requirements for that. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the, the annual budget for us is going to go um, skyrocketing. So that's a big one. Mm -hmm. So prayer, finances, volunteers. Um, and then we do, we, we can take, we're very limited on what we can take in right now for donations, but gift cards, um, you know, like I mentioned, McDonald's and coffee, those are ways we build relationships. Um, visa cards, grocery cards to help with basic needs, gas cards to keep our mm -hmm. vans going. Mm -hmm. um, new clothing items. So we do try to keep a stock of new underclothing, socks, shoes. Um, stretch pants, sweatpants, t-shirts, sports bras, that kind of thing. So that mm -hmm. there's something. And then as winter hits, uh, sweatshirts and uh, it's hard to think of a sweatshirt today. Uh, sweatshirts right. and, yes. and yes. coats. Yes. We're recording this on July 30th, one of the hottest days of the year so far. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. I'm not sure what the temperature ended up being, but it was supposed to be 111. So oh my um, word. it's warm. Yeah. That's toasty. Yeah. So just, just maintaining that's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to continue to have, um, just all the needs met. Right. Yeah. So we have been blessed every time God has shown us a, a step where we're supposed to grow. Uh, we step out in faith when we all are hearing the same thing, we step out in faith and he blesses us more than we could ask or imagine. And, and those funds for that need are always there, but, um, you know, it just keeps, it just keeps growing. I, yeah, I wish 
we didn't need to be here. I would, I would find something else to do. Um, (laughs) I really would if we could stop trafficking in its tracks and not have broken and hurting people. But God has given us a calling and it's a lot more pleasant to follow his calling than to argue with him. Right. Just what I found out of life experience. And he's a good God. I mean, he is faithful, like you said, Mm -hmm. and he provides. So it's a faith walk. It's trusting, right? Trusting God. Mm -hmm. Do you have a personal story of how being a part of this mission has impacted your life? Like, why are you, why did you want to be involved? Wow. Yeah. I think God gave me a heart for justice from early age. I don't know if that's a thing from birth or, but you know, I was always fighting for the underdog and um, would defend people. My hero was Abraham Lincoln. And I thought, man, if I was, if I was born back in those days of slavery, I would have done something about that. I would have been part of the underground railroad, or I would have, you know, been speaking as an abolitionist or something. Um, as I grew up and I had my four daughters and I was homeschooling them and we're reading all these different books, missionary books and books about justice, etc. At one point, as my girls were much older, I realized that slavery hadn't ended back with my hero, Abraham Lincoln. The face just changed and it made it a lot harder to recognize. So we still have, we actually have more slaves in the world today than we did in the entire transatlantic slave trade time. And a lot of those, um, well, I get ahead of myself. So I asked the Lord, you know, who's doing what, um, what are they doing and how can we help? So he set me out researching different places and I found Agape International Missions in Cambodia. Love them, model a lot of what we do after what they, they do because they're focused and centered on Christ. And um, I went to Cambodia and I was sick to my stomach as to what I saw with little children being bought and sold. And, um, but also delighted at what I saw with the light of Christ breaking through that darkness and seeing, seeing what a difference, how it could change a whole community. Came home and I'd been volunteering at Union Gospel Mission and the ladies there wanted to hear about my trip because they'd been excited for me to be going. And when I told them about these little kids being um, used for sex and tossed back out on the street in between, they said, oh yeah, Miss Trish, that happens right here. And I thought they misunderstood me. And I explained again and they said, no, that happens right here in the Tri-Cities. And that didn't just make me sick to my stomach. It was like somebody had put a knife in my stomach. How could this be happening, Lord, right in front of me? And I didn't know it. How could we all be blind to this? And so I asked him again, that funny God of ours, you know, who's doing what? Where can I go help? And um, there were a lot of people doing things, but nobody specifically towards trafficking. And the what we saw nationwide, worldwide, was that trafficking victims have extreme complex trauma and it's they're not served well by um given a a pile of papers and say go to these seven different agencies and you'll find help uh they really need somebody to walk alongside them so uh one of our co-founders from our church group that we had started started up tricities coalition against trafficking task force we became part of that and they had asked us if we would start a community-based advocate where they could be that link among the different agencies to to be that person to walk alongside the victim as they found that healing. And we said yes. Uh, 
we got the grant from Women Helping Women, and then it's just grown like wildfire since then. So still asking the Lord as we walked along, hey, what about that original vision you gave us for this restoration home for minor girls? And um, the word was always, wait, mm-hmm. wait, you know, but don't just sit around and wait. I have mm-hmm. work for you to do. So if we had gone straight to that restoration home, there was hundreds of ladies that would never have found freedom because we would have we would have missed that opportunity. So even as we move to the restoration home, the outreach center and advocates are still going to be busy in town, taking care of um, taking care of those people as we do a deeper wraparound in the restoration home for the minor girls that can stay there. Mm-hmm. Wow. He's a good, good God, but I'm glad he didn't show the whole picture all at once. <laughs> so, it's a um, lot. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have said this is where I would have imagined myself at this point, but, um, but he, this is where he's called me and apparently gifting me as he calls, uh, not necessarily gifted beforehand, but gifted as he calls and, and I obey mm-hmm. step out in each step. Well, there's a lot of people that have been impacted because of that. Yes. So not just me, there's a, there's a whole lot of us that have stepped out mm-hmm. in faith day after yeah. day. And our advocates are amazing. Our staff is amazing. Mm-hmm. We have a huge crew of volunteers that are astounding. Our board members, I've always had the best board in the whole world. So mm-hmm. uh, we are looking to expand that board and it's always done very prayerfully because we have had the best board in the whole world. Right. So, um, <laughs> Don't want to mess up, up what God's got going. But, yeah. Um, we do all have term limits too. So right. Um, right. I'm no longer on the board as the executive director, but I'm part of board meetings, but not a voting member of the board. So mm-hmm. do you have a story of how someone's life has been impacted? Oh, so many stories. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> can you, can you pick one? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do two if I got a moment. I'll, do, of course. I'll try to do them shorter. It's okay. Um, we don't have a time yeah. limit. <laughs> One would be with one of our younger girls, just a, uh, actually a preteen, not even a teenager. But uh, she had been lured in. Uh, it's it, Nobody ever comes up and says, hey, do you want to you know, be prostituted? That's not how this works. So right. she was tricked and lured by some friends that she made online. Innocent app that she was on. Uh, good, loving, caring parents that were watching over things, right? This wasn't, she wasn't out on back page looking for a date or something. It was, it was an innocent app that any of you guys might be using on a regular basis. And people started uh, saying things into her mind that filled her with shame and hurt and convinced her to do things that she never would have imagined she was doing and which filled her with more shame and hurt. Couldn't tell her parents because of that shame started cutting herself, started trying to commit suicide. And these parents, these good loving parents are trying to figure out what on earth is happening to their little girl. Um, they talked with a friend who has been through our training and realized that trafficking might actually be what was going on as they looked at the parts and pieces they called for counselors at various other places around town and were told, um, we can get you in in two months. Well, when your little girl is trying to commit Mm-mm, suicide, and too long. Yourself, two months is a really long time. You can't time. wait. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cry too. Sorry. Um, 
So they called our hotline and our advocate got together with them that day. And we got to connect her to a professional counselor that she got to see two days later. She comes in and she does art therapy. She's done equine therapy. She, she loves the horses. Uh, that really opened her up and really got her talking. She's done our cooking uh, classes and all kinds of other things. So she meets with the advocate a couple times a week, does our support groups, and then has her counselor. And she, she told her mom, I don't feel like hurting myself anymore. I feel like I can remember what joy is and what hope is. And I didn't think I'd ever be able to remember that again. So that's why we're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes sure. we get to intervene with when, when a mom or dad or a teacher sees something ahead of time and we get to intervene even before all that hurt happens. So that's, that's even better. But sometimes people don't see or intervene or it's the family that is the issue. So we have another client that's been with us for, well, actually since 2017, 2016. No, <laughs> she's been with us for a long time. Uh-huh. And we're going to call her uh, Clara. We use fake names. So mm-hmm. we don't, yeah. Clara has been with us for, for several years now. And she had a lifetime of trauma before she came to us and had some mental health issues because of that, had some drug addictions because of that, especially if she wasn't using the medications for her um, stuff. But she's been doing great. She's worked so hard. She um, has been coming. She came to, to, to art therapy and music therapy and, um, trauma-informed movement. She loved the trauma-informed movement class. It's um, a stretch and relaxation kind of time, but it helps. Uh, the body keeps the score of the trauma. So being able to help reintegrate into your body and, and work against that disassociation and stuff, find calming coping mechanisms through breathing and um, things like that. So she, she loved that. Uh, she'd been doing great. She's been in her U Bible app and she has more badges on her Bible app from finishing studies and programs than I think anybody listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> uh, but she'd been doing super great. And we saw on the calendar that her birthday was coming up, and it was the same day as the trauma-informed movement class. So as she got up from the mat, we came into the room with a birthday cake and candles lit and singing happy birthday. Well, Clara, <laughs> instead of smiling with joy, starts weeping, just weeping. It's like, oh, that wasn't what we were thinking. She had never had a birthday party before in her life. She had never had a cake and people singing with candles to her before. So while she's weeping, we're trying to trying to change things up a little bit, right? And we give her her present that we got. And she worship music has been really important to her because she would battle the the voices in her head. And so we gave her a little iPod filled with her favorite worship music and some headbuds and she started weeping more and she explained to us you know, she's like never nobody has ever celebrated me before nobody's ever celebrated my birthday before that was Clara's 48th birthday 48th birthday and the first one that she ever had a party for um after that <laughs> uh, Still, still gets my heart. Um, after that, Clara decided she wanted to finish school. So she has been going back to taking her GED classes and studying so hard, even as COVID hit and everything, you know, changed and became online and the stressors were so much more. 
Um, she can see when she's having trigger moments. She can see uh, when she needs help. She calls and she calls us or she calls her licensed counselor um, to see that growth and that joy in her heart. She had had a pretty rough year the year before and at our Thanksgiving gathering, she, she says, you know what, you guys, I just want to tell you something. Last year, can I use the word crap as, as a quote? She says, last year was crap. It was horrible. She'd, she'd had horrible things happen to her that last year. She says, but you know what? It was horrible. But look at me. I'm still standing. I didn't know I was so strong. Thank you. And she's telling all the ladies from her support group, thank you. I didn't know I was this strong. I'm still standing and she is still standing and she just keeps growing more and more. She has a strong relationship with the Lord. She's getting her schooling in. Um, she's had a birthday party yeah. and she's going to have plenty more. So if you would pray for her, her God knows her real name, but yeah. um, she would love your prayers. Yeah. So. Wow. That was just two stories. That was just two stories powerful story we could stay for days if you'd like but (laughs) (laughs) well you mentioned a couple of ways that people can support what your organization is doing um would you just go over those again just ways that that people can support and then also what's the first step if somebody wanted to become involved Excellent. Let's start with some of the easy steps. If you're a social media person, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, share those posts with others and, and help you know get word out. Um, monthly donors are always the, that basic um, infrastructure that an agency needs. And you're bringing freedom to five, six, seven people every month through that. Um, Maybe you don't have a lot of funds yourself, but you have some creativity and you want to do some sort of fundraiser to benefit Mary Ministries. That's awesome. We're going to have our fundraising breakfast in September, and we're going to ask people to host in their own homes. So instead of being a table host in a you know crowded uh, convention hall, you're going to be a table host in your own home, and you'll invite five or six, depending on what state regulations are at the time, five or six people into your home and live stream us in for the event and have a a fun, cozy breakfast time with some friends. If you'd like to volunteer or even just learn more, you can sign up for our volunteer training. There's no mandatory um, requirement that you volunteer with us after the training. You actually go through an application process and you can find the volunteer training listed on our Facebook and on our website. You can hit the volunteer application and you can hit to sign up to go to the volunteer training. The it's a three Mondays in a row starting August 10th. And I think we're doing six to eight 30 in the evening again. Uh, it's a little easier. You're at home so you can relax a bit, but it's intensive stuff you're learning. So you'll hear a lot more stories and, and get a lot more information that way. And then things like uh, putting together COVID makes it so much harder. A lot of the things we used to say were, so we have to, we can't take a lot of used donations right now at all because we have to really minimize things, but we always are having birthdays or somebody moving into their first apartment or babies being born. So doing some little gift bags that are um, ready for those gals or guys, as the case may be, moving in and doing those different things mm-hmm. are great. Um, and then of course, those, those gift cards are wonderful too. Prayer is a huge one. 
we do ask our um, for our prayer team, you go through the volunteer process. So you get the training and you sign the confidentiality and all those things. But you also can just follow us on Facebook and get those prayers as well. So um, those are our big ones at the moment. And as things continue to change and we see how things are done differently, some of those, I, do you want to know key volunteer roles? Some of those sure. we could use? Yeah. So there's, um, we, we're going to need mentors again um, as we, Mentors are somebody we can get together one-on-one, -on -one, right? So those mentors are important. Um, people who can teach any of the classes that you think might be of interest. And it's amazing what that might be. Um, people who can help with things like fundraisers or um, even raising funds in different ways than fundraisers. And people who are good with tech and like to help with that or marketing. Um, those different skills that don't always sound like there's something you can use. You know, you think I need to be able to serve soup. Actually, when we get back in to the, the outreach center, we do have meals that we eat together there. So sometimes it is nice to have somebody make a meal for that. Right now we're doing meals. If we have clients or even some of our volunteers that have been sick and we'll do meals to them. So we've had a couple with um, COVID we've had some with, other health issues. So being able to bless people that way. So that's some of the ideas that are out there. Mm -hmm. And then as the restoration home, if that property comes through, both with the, the county commissioners giving us our conditional use permit and with the funding that we need to purchase it, um, then we'll have a lot more volunteer opportunities out there too. With It's a beautiful property with hundreds of rose bushes to be pruned regularly <laughs> and uh you know pasture to be mowed and all that so so is that sorry i don't <laughs> want to interrupt you but i'm curious how do you have that property already picked out so we do have one under contract we're waiting oh, on the okay. conditional use permit and then yeah it is 1.5 million so we're we're looking for a few of those big funders that want to be those initial investors to mm -hmm. start that and then um once we get to that point we'll start up a public capital campaign and give everybody an opportunity to put in their, mm -hmm. their parts and pieces. So we're excited. The Lord, uh, we've put out fleece after fleece and he keeps directing in this direction. So yeah. uh, we, we know we're going in the right direction. We yeah. believe this is the, the final goal of it. And if not, then it's even something better because sometimes God surprises us that way. Right. But right. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, Franklin County hasn't been able to commissioners haven't been able to meet to, uh, address the conditional use permit because of COVID. So we're still waiting on that one. Mm -hmm. um, but without a conditional use permit, we can't use it as a um, group home facility having minors, unrelated minors living there. So mm -hmm. that's, that's our first, our next step from the Lord is if it's, if this is a place, then he makes that approved. Mm -hmm. So um, that's exciting. It is exciting. And it's, got a barn and stables for the horses and beautiful pasture. So we can have equine therapy right there. If you're having a hard day, you don't have to wait till Thursday afternoon at two to go to equine therapy. You can go sit out there and, and snuggle with your horse and, and talk to talk to the horse about your feelings because yeah. for some reason it's easier to talk to horses about your feelings <laughs> than humans sometimes. So mm, but that is true. We're excited to see what God's doing. I mean, our goal is to reflect God's grace. So we're like the moon. God is the sun. Jesus is the sun, right? Yeah. But the moon is just a big, ugly rock by itself. But when it reflects the sun, 
it glows and breaks through the darkness. So mm -hmm. that's our job. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Be <laughs> so how can people find you? What's your, what is your website? It's mirror, M-I-R-R-O-R -R -R, hyphen ministries, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S dot org. Okay. Awesome. Wow. And, you know, I watched a documentary that was, it's, it's several years old already, but mm -hmm. it was about the Tri-Cities and... Here, sex trafficking in the Tri-Cities? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was before we became Mirror Ministries, but one of our founders, Amber Bruce, is one of the people talking on there. Yeah. Well, uh, I just, I don't know if there's, I, I, I'm sure that on, I think I've seen it on your website. There's some uh -huh. statistics right. of how many um, people have been helped and things like that. Just because I know that uh, awareness is huge. And like yeah. you had said, you didn't, you know, before you had gone to Cambodia and all of that, didn't even realize it was necessarily happening in the Tri-Cities. Right. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't realize that. There still is. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've been, we've been busy for quite some time and we've been on the news three dozen times or so in the last few years. And um, there's a lot of education opportunities, but if it doesn't come across your bandwidth, your, your um, viewpoint, then you maybe don't see it. A lot of people right now are getting uh, more aware because of things that are being shared on social media, mm -hmm. such as um, the Wayfair scandal, which Wayfair, that, that's not real. So mm -hmm. um, horrible things like that do happen. But this one was just somebody had a thought that maybe that was something bad and, and it blew up. And But well, it did bring, we, right. it did bring people to look at it, to look yes. at it and see. What yeah. the survivors will tell you is, unfortunately, that that puts people looking in the wrong direction. So uh, most of the people that are being trafficked in the Tri-Cities are still, they don't look locked up, chained up. Um, they don't, it doesn't look like taken with Liam Neeson. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, they're still living at home, still going to school, maybe even going, some of ours have been going to church group. But then they get a message that you need to show up or else. Yeah, you can learn a lot more on our training. So sign yes. up for our volunteer one hundred and one training, and and you get you'll get a fire hose of information. In okay. One <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, I have one final question for you. Uh huh. What is one thing that's bringing you joy right now? Hmm. Okay, the first thing is the fact that I'm expecting my first grandbaby. But oh. <laughs> that's a nice that's a nice one. We've been oh, waiting for that for yeah, a while. When? Um, Thanksgiving, something very, very thankful to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right around the corner. Um, yeah. How We're exciting. Excited. I've been doing a little shopping, but <laughs> that's not, that's not unexpected. So, but I would say the, the thing that truly deeply foundationally is bringing me more, bringing me joy is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And we just have been doing our unshaken Bible study or together for a week of prayer and fasting. And you can download that on, off of our Facebook or our website oh, Okay. and get signed up for our newsletter as well. But it's been a time when we together as a community, even from our own homes, <laughs> have been able to be together at the feet of Jesus and just beseeching him 
on rather than being another loud protest out there, you know, demanding rights for um, God knows and God loves and cares far more than we could. He has, he is a just God. He's a God full of mercy and a God full of love. And so coming to him and asking him to, uh, to direct our footsteps and to free, to show shine light on that darkness mm-hmm. and to, to break the bonds of evil to bring healing to those that we are getting to meet and serve mm-hmm. and to um, keep our hearts pure and uh, delighting in him. Because when, when you sit in the midst of that darkness, sometimes it's, uh, it's icky, mm-hmm. but we have a God that uh, sent his one and only son to take that all for us. And it's his shoulders. We get to put it back on. So mm-hmm. um, sitting at his feet and just reveling in, a good and mighty God is mm-hmm. what brings me the most foundational joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the grace that he gives the grace mm-hmm. that he gives to continue to do this work because, yeah. because he's got to be the source of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you can see my shirt. It says reflecting grace. So um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's one of your shirts. Yeah. It says Mirror Ministries on it, too. Mm-hmm. I like that. Good job. You can read that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tricia, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Wow. Right? What incredible, important work. I love how Tricia says, do what you love to fight what you hate. And all the examples and ways to be involved, things that you wouldn't think would be a part of fighting human trafficking. But they are. Everything, she said, everything from pie making to kickboxing and just all kinds of uh, ways that can contribute to to the health and uh, support of this organization and the, the victims of human trafficking. I hope that by sharing this conversation with you, it creates more awareness and inspires you to consider what you might have to offer, what you might have that could be a support to this important and valuable work. Thank you for listening and please share this podcast. you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these stories that help us connect with each other right here in the Tri-Cities.